The views expressed on this program are solely those of the speaker and do not reflect the views and opinions of Centennial Securities. Be reminded that this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Happy Friday! Welcome to the Weekly Investment Podcast, where we discuss the week's must-know investment news and how it affects your money. I am your host, Walter. This week, we discuss yield curve inversions, big tech stock splits, and Roth versus traditional retirement accounts. It's been another exciting week in the investment world, so let's crack right into the news. The U.S. two-year yield briefly exceeded the 10-year for the first time since 2019, inverting yet another segment of the Treasury yield curve and reinforcing the view that the Federal Reserve rate increases may cause a recession. The inversion occurred as two-year yields rose while 10-year yields declined crossing at a level of about 2.4%. Prior to 2019, when the curve inverted in August during a U.S. trade spat with China, the last persistent inversion of the Treasury curve occurred in 2006-2007. Short-term yields that are higher than long-term yields are abnormal. The inversion of the two to 10-year segment of the Treasury curve is the latest in a series beginning last October, when 20-year yields topped 30-year yields. Recall that the yield curve measures the interest paid, or yield, on U.S. Treasury bonds relative to their time to maturity. Common sense tells us that higher yields should correspond to longer investment maturity, because The future is uncertain. There is more risk investing over 10 years compared to 2 years, and so a 10-year Treasury bond should pay more interest than one that matures in 2 years. What does it mean when short-term yields top longer-term yields? Historically, a recession has not happened without an inversion. However, A yield curve inversion is only a predictor of a future recession. It's not a guarantee. Also, the timing is unknown. It could take years for a recession to actually materialize. This week's inversion is related to mounting concerns that the Fed's interest rate strategy will reduce consumer spending and business activity. Remember that the Fed is battling the highest inflation rates in 40 years, and that there is considerable speculation that circumstances will require an aggressive strategy regarding rate increases. Higher rates could slow down the economy and trigger a recession. The Fed raised its benchmark rate by a quarter point this month from near zero and is widely tipped to do more. Futures traders are pricing in the equivalent of 
eight additional hikes this year, with only six more Fed meetings scheduled in 2022. The forecast suggests at least one bigger than standard increase. Currently, there is a 75% chance that the Fed raises by a half of a percentage point in their next meeting come May. Tesla announced that it's splitting its stock again for the second time in two years, following tech peers Amazon and Google, who have already announced 24-1 splits. Recall that a stock split does not have a positive or negative impact on a company's business. It only reduces the cost per share while increasing the number of shares proportionally. There are three types of investors, retail, institutional, and insiders. Retail investors are individuals or non-professional investors who invest their own money. Institutional investors invest other people's money on behalf of companies or organizations. Insiders are corporate executives like a CEO or CFO. Retail and institutional investors differ in their cost to trade, the investment opportunities available to them, and their access to research. Tesla's split is very much an appeal to retail investors. History suggests that buying amongst retail investors can increase after a stock split. For example, when Apple announced a four-for-one split in July of 2020, retail investment increased from $150 million to almost $1 billion in roughly two months. Tesla already has a large percentage of retail investors in that stock's overall ownership. About 39% is owned by retail investors, which is comparable to Apple at 40%, but much larger than Meta, 20%, Google, also 20%, and Amazon at 26%. Tesla wants to remain a retail darling, and a stock split may help it retain its strong following among everyday investors. Roth or traditional retirement accounts. Which is the best? There are as many opinions on this as there are belly buttons, partly because everyone's tax situation is different, and the Roth versus traditional question has a big tax component to the answer. Let's break down some of the factors to consider when making this decision. Factor 1. Income. Income now matters because when it comes to Roth and traditional IRA contributions, there are income limits to even be eligible to contribute to a Roth, and there are income limits to receiving the full tax benefit of contributing to a traditional IRA. Income limits do not really affect the eligibility to contribute to a Roth or traditional 401k plan, although both options are not always offered by employers. Income later matters too. If you are anticipating considerable taxable income when you retire, maybe you should um, 
plan to own some real estate that generates income, or you have a sizable annual pension come retirement, well, maybe you want to fund Roth retirement options, pay the taxes now, and give yourself some tax-free income buckets in retirement to complement your known taxable sources. Alternatively, if you do not anticipate large sources of taxable income in retirement and that you will be in your highest earning and tax-paying years while working, then you may want to consider deferring taxes by contributing to traditional retirement accounts. Reduce your taxable income now and allow you to access those funds after you retire and drop into a lower tax bracket and receive the net tax benefit. Factor two, taxes. How do you feel about paying taxes? Hey, we all have to, but some folks are a little bit more sensitive to paying tax than others. Your feelings on taxation, particularly if they're strong, should be considered when making this decision. Now, I've heard a lot about tax rates over time, and the numbers cited tend to align with one feelings on tax policy. Here are the facts. The Tax Policy Center, a group of nationally recognized tax and budget experts whose goal is to independently analyze tax concerns, reports that effective tax rates have generally stayed the same for the last 70 years. Unless, of course, your income puts you in the top 1%, in which case your tax rate has fallen sharply over that time period. The tax breaks, well, they were even better if you're in the top 0.01% of earners. Factor three, what are your long-term goals? Estate and generational wealth planning should be goals-based, and the types of investment accounts you fund should be working toward these goals. For example, a traditional IRA or 401k has an age where money has to be taken out. Currently 72, although there is legislation pending to change the age to 75, and this is called a required minimum distribution or RMD. The feds let you invest money tax deferred, and so they force you to take a little bit out every year after the age of 72 because they want some tax revenue before you die. Alternatively, since you paid the taxes up front in a Roth, there is no RMD requirement, meaning tax-free accounts could have a much longer investment time horizon. If you plan to leave investment assets to younger persons, Roth options should absolutely be considered. And the investments that go into Roth accounts should also reflect that longer time horizon. I realize we only scratch the surface on a topic that is very specific to the individual. Send me a message on investwithwalter.com for personalized recommendations. Join us next week on The Whip as we discuss lithium battery investments. Tune in next week for that and much, much more. 
Thank you for listening, and please have a nice weekend when you get there. Talk to you next week.